Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So welcome everybody. Today I have with me Bindia, Nancy, and Carissa, and these are my fellow generators from my mastermind that I'm in, and I'm super excited to have them here to talk about how it is to live as a generator. So I want to just start having you guys introduce yourselves and just tell us, you know, your profile, right? Your profile and what kind of generator you are, and maybe like um, how you, why you were interested in human design. We'll start with that. We'll start with Nancy first. All right. Thanks very much, Rebecca, for having me today. Yes. I'm what's known as a 6-2 emotional generator. So 6-2 is a role model slash hermit. And um, I guess I kind of always knew that about myself because I really do like my alone time. Um, And as a role model, there's a period in our life when we go what's called up on the roof. And that's sort of another period of contemplation. So yeah, I've experienced that. So an emotional generator, I can talk more about that later. But that really uh, was kind of eye opening for me, because I also have the sacral defined so I can make a quick decision. And then later on down the road, it's like, why did I sign up for that? So <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a business coach and I work with corporations to help them be better places to work so that they won't have a retention issue and they'll be able to attract talent. And I also work with entrepreneurs to help them really align their businesses with who they truly are using human design so they can have more success. Thank you, Nancy. Yeah, let's do this other part separate that I said. So I like the way Nancy introduced herself. So just tell us what you do, you know, and what kind of generator you are. That'd be great. Let's go with Carissa next. Hey, I am a two, four sacral generator. So pure generator. I'm not emotionally defined at all, although half my household is. So I understand it well, the dynamics at play. And I became interested in human design just about a year ago. Um, as a matter of fact, I am a transformational life coach and I'm also an intuitive. And it was during an uh, intuitive reading that I was having that someone was doing actually for me, where she's like, I don't really know much about this but I feel like I need to tell you about it. And I think you need to look into it. It's called human design. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And I started looking into it and I fell deep and fast down the rabbit hole and I'm doing my level four training now. So I've definitely gotten involved very deeply with human design and it's a huge part of my life and I absolutely love it. So I use it a lot with my clients. Awesome. Thanks, Krissa. And how about you, Bindia? Hi, so my name is Bindia Arvandekar and I'm a wellness coach. I'm passionate about supporting women to make great choices and basically, and more importantly, to honor their vital energy, because that's what I didn't do, you know, in the first phase of my life. So I'm a 6-2 emotional generator and I'm currently on the roof. So there's a lot of learning going on for me and a lot of observing and a lot of processing going on at this time emotions, food and creativity, you know, these topics are really close to my heart. And for me, everything started when I was working in the IT sector. And I had this strong inner call to just dive into spirituality. Now I know that, you know, that was my first Saturn return that, you know, literally pulled me into, you know, the deep dive into spirituality. But that is the point where I began my first business, 
as a spiritual coach and ultimately that path led me down to human design in november 2019 so exactly 2 years back from this month when i first saw my chart i i came to understand why my life was the way it was and it's it's been incredible to know you know it's it's like you come to know a really deep part of you so i'm in this phase right now where i'm realigning my life and also my business to move into this wellness space along with human design like bringing the pieces of human design that i came to realize for myself into the wellness coaching space that's where i am awesome thank you so much pindia so i think the only person nancy tell us like how did you come to human design and like what did it mean to you actually human design came across my radar about 4 years ago and i okay. looked into it and i thought oh this looks too complicated i i don't want this you know but it kept showing up so in true generator form i knew i had to respond to it so about 2 years ago just about the time binetta did it i was introduced to karen curry parker and i started my you know training so to speak and i just completed my level 4 certification in may so yeah Yay. love it <laughs> you do go down the rabbit it's just so interesting you can't get enough so uh, i is. think i'm on a call in the human design community almost every day of the week <laughs> and it it's just yeah. great cuz yeah. it's just a never ending learning process which of course is very conducive to generator behavior so totally It's super fun. So, I'm curious about what changed for you in your life. Like was there something that changed? Like I'll start with Carissa this time. Was it what changed for you when you found human design? It really felt like this like permission slip, and I know a lot of people kind of say that, but it really felt like this permission slip to truly be myself. I am a 2/4, so right then and there, I have this conundrum of like wanting to be with people and, you know, have, you know, my foundation and my community and everything like that, and yet I have this strong desire to also kind of still go inwards and spend a lot of alone time, and I couldn't understand it. I'm like, I don't understand, am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert? Am I both? Like, this is very confusing for me. And so when I found out that I was a 2/4, I was like this makes so much sense and I don't have to feel guilty anymore when I need that time away from everybody else including the people that you know my family that I live with. So it was really just liberating to really truly have that permission to just be myself. And then also just how you are meant to interact with other people. Just understanding how my energy works differently than others I think is really hugely helpful as well because it it allows you to kind of like i think safely create boundaries where you need the boundaries and also respect other people's boundaries there too so awesome yeah thank you it is it's interesting how you can kind of understand how other people work too <laughs> when you find human design sun i was like looking at my families and all my friends i'm like well what are they like it's so curious right cuz then you can totally figure out some of their things and it's kind of like a shortcut nancy what would you say what changed in your life Uh the biggest thing was the validation. You know, I've always been in business. I had my own business since 1995 and you know, you're taught in sales and marketing to put yourself out there and push and initiate and then you learn a human design that the only people that really are successful initiators are the manifestors of the world and recognizing that I was built to respond and that divine timing was such an important thing. All of a sudden, all of the quote 
I'll call them failures that happened in my business were really just me not respecting the fact that there is divine timing and I wasn't responding. It was easy for me to look back and see why I was so successful when I was and why I wasn't when I wasn't. So that was totally eye-opening for me. You know, just giving yourself permission to be yourself and not have to apologize for the fact that, you know, this is the way you are. Like people say to me, I'm 68 years old and people say to me, are you ever going to retire? No. I'm not. I tried it once at 55. I tried it once at 62. And it ain't happening because a lot of generators never retire because they just work is such an important part of their lives. So just validate. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about retirement, because I feel like there's this societal thing. It's like, hey, you're really successful if you're able to retire at 55. But then what? At 55? Like, I don't know, or 62, yeah. like there's this cutoff, like you have to save money so you can retire at 60. Uh, yeah. So I love what you said, because I've thought about that myself. I'm like, do I ever, I'm like a manifesting generator. Why do I want to stop working? I don't know. What would the point be? I get it. Uh, such a good point. Yes. And I want to talk about that too, the respond thing in a bit, but Bindia, what happened? I don't know if you answered this question already, but what happened for you when you found human design? Yeah, for me, the most important and the biggest breakthrough for me was in decision making. Because even when I did not know that I was a generator type, I was responding. And I was responding really well. However, I was doing quick responding, which is actually not, you know, my authority. My authority is emotional. So I have to literally wait for that wave and, you know, see how my decision changes over the wave. But I didn't know that. And when I came to know about it through my human design chart, you know, I realized that, okay, this was the main reason why I went through all of that high and low in, you know, all the decisions that I made. So it was like a hit miss thing. If I was lucky, I would get the high part of it and everything would be good. But if I wasn't lucky, and I wasn't lucky most of the time, so I would get the yeah. low part of it, you know. So that was a huge revelation for me. And this this thing is important for me because it affected my health a lot. So uh, when I would get hit, you know, this way and wouldn't understand what was wrong with my decision making, it would ultimately cause me to spiral in the mind. And then that would, you know, affect my health profoundly. And I found myself sick a lot of time. But for the past two years, I, I have been in great health and I haven't felt more energetic and more lively. Also, it connected me to this piece of work. Like I was into coaching, but, you know, there was this piece missing, which I couldn't understand. And I think human design totally fills that space. And now I'm excited to begin coaching again and, you know, work with clients. So that's yeah. that's what it made for me. Yeah. Awesome. And when we talk about responding, I'm going to go back to Carissa. When you think about responding, like how did that change your life, this strategy of responding or how do you, what does it mean to you to respond versus initiate? I think that's the hardest thing for most of us is we're taught, like Nancy said, we're taught like in business, go out and make it happen. Like this is the story of my life. Go make it happen. Right. So when I actually looked back on my life and especially like in my career, anytime I made a job change, it came through my network, right? My fourth line came through yeah. my network and it was something that I responded to and it would work out. So I was very lucky in that sense. I didn't really have to initiate. However, 
once I had my children and I was a stay at home mom, I tried to have my own businesses like that. I tried to launch that I could do from home. And that's where I started to really struggle because when I had to put myself out there and I had to initiate to try and, you know, drum up business, it it always fell flat and I couldn't understand why I was so passionate about what I was doing and it just, I couldn't get anywhere with it. So when I understood that that was the way I was meant to, you know, kind of operate is in response, it made so much sense to me. And I could find examples of that throughout my life and my career. You know, I also will say that knowing that I could just listen to my sacral was like, took a huge weight off my shoulders. I was like, wait a second. I don't have to sit here and think about all the pros and the cons and like weigh everything out and, you know, pull everybody I know about what I should do for these big decisions. I can just listen to my sacral. It was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So I feel very thankful and very grateful for knowing that. Truthfully, sometimes I I wish I was just sacral. (laughs) I was like, can't I just be that sacral then? (laughs) Right. <laughs> Nancy and Bendia, maybe you agree yeah. like this emotional wave thing. Oh, you know. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So Nancy, when you think of responding in your career and your businesses, how did that work out really well for you? Or not work out in whatever case. And it it didn't work out a lot because I was initiating. But you know, the other piece that I was a little dense about and I didn't get right away was that responding is about responding to something external. Like I'd get an idea because I have some gates that make me an idea generator. Are you the and 11? I, I don't know have I am. 11, but I have other gates where yeah, I'm yeah. just like a brainstorming yeah. machine. And unfortunately, I was taking those ideas and trying to respond to them. But it has mm. to be something external that you respond to. And yes. uh, it took me a little while to get the hang of, well, you know, what's okay to respond to what isn't. But Once I realized that, then it was, you know, a much different scenario and you had to expend a lot less effort to get way more results than you did in the past. And, you know, because you start looking at what you're doing and you're working so hard and you're, you know, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Maybe I don't have what it takes or nobody wants what I have. You know, all these things run through your head and it's really just about responding to the right external things and making sure that timing is right. And that's checking in with your emotional wave. So for you, I mean, let's use a real example. Like if you get up in the morning and you have work that's planned, is it work you plan because you were responding to something or do you get up and then look around to responding? I'm just curious how it works for you. Well, for me, I mean, a lot of what a generator needs to do in between responding is preparation. So a lot of the work that I do is preparing. So I'll be ready to respond. So it's not like you have to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and wait for something to show up. So I do a lot of that. I write a lot. But in terms of when you actually pull the trigger on things, that's more. So I might get up and have a very full day of writing articles or doing blog posts and, you know, getting something ready, working on a module of a course I'm going to put together. But in terms of actually putting it out in the world, that's when I need to wait to respond. You can only go so far with preparation. But if something shows up and you're going to respond to it, but you're not prepared, you didn't do the preparation, sometimes that doesn't go too well either. Yeah, that's really good to know. I mean, just to see different people's perspective of it, because I get that question. Wait a minute, I'm just supposed to sit around and not do anything now. And I'm like, well, you could, or you can look around you right now. What is there to respond to? Or you could work on things you've already decided 
you know, you're working on some things, right? So there's different things to do. (laughs) And there's, you know, there's other parts of the chart that obviously play into that too. I mean, one of the things that I'm here to do is translate and help people with potential and translate ideas into, you know, something actionable. So I'm a thought leader. I think about things and I have a lot of things I put out in the world that were premature. You know, Mm. the good news is, now they're appropriate, so and they're already built, so that's good. But yeah. the bad news is I put a lot of stuff out there that the world wasn't ready to hear about. And so it's, you know, really understanding the whole chart and, you know, how everything plays with each other that really helps you understand how to best utilize your responsiveness and your, you know, your type and your strategy and your authority. So, yeah. yeah. Which is cool because I always say, well, knowing your type is a good first step, Right. There is the deeper stuff then after that, right? If something still is like, well, why isn't this clicking? Well, we could look further, right? There's layers to go down. Oh, yeah. And layers, <laughs> more and more layers. So, Bindia, what did you find about like responding? I think, but this is the thing. I'm not sure if you already answered this question. You may have, but I'll come back to you anyways. The responding yeah. thing, like. How does it feel? Yeah, I, I have to say that I agree with Nancy totally on the preparation part of it. Yeah. So before human design, I was a quick responder. So I used to not wait for my wave and, you know, see how it would be. And then after human design, when I started waiting and when I started checking in, you know, on my emotional wave and okay, now the decision is changing or now it's not changing. Now it's remaining constant. And what I found was that when I used to, you know, jump in without making that emotional way of connection, it used to be a hit miss, like I mentioned before. And now it's it's not that, you know, it's it's just smooth. However, however, I have to also be prepared for what I'm responding to. So mm-hmm. I think manifesting generators, any sacral person, in fact, is very fortunate because, you know, they have this quick connection with the universe, but they really need to be prepared for what their intention is and what they want to really pull into, you know, their aura or their life. Because I think sacral beings are really magnetic and mm-hmm. that's that's something, I mean, other others don't have that. The non-sacral beings, mm-hmm. they don't have it that much. They might be having a few gates here and there or channels. But then the generator thing, the sacral being is really powerful and really magnetic on that. So the intention really plays a huge role. And after that, the preparation and then the response. Because when you're prepared, you're definitely going to get something to respond to. Yeah. That's how it works. At least that's how it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy, on that theme, because Bindia brought it up, like when we talk about do work that lights you up. I say that a lot about with sacrals, right? Generators, manifesting generators. What does that mean in your, like, do you notice when you're out of alignment with the work being lit up or not lit up? Yeah. And I'm pretty black and white about that. I just can't even do stuff that doesn't Mm. like, and again, maybe some of that's the part of where I am in my life journey, but I just, yeah, if it's something that I don't want to do, I don't do it. Like my definition is right now in my life is do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. So if it doesn't feel right, or it's not exciting, it's not the right work. I'm not interested. I just can't even bring myself to do it. (laughs) It's a good thing I don't work for someone else. I'd get fired. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? I'm curious about the generator types that do work for other people. And there's work 
that needs to be done and you don't feel like doing it. You know what I mean? It's, it's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. In that respect, Carissa, what would you say on that? Like what's your experience about um, doing work that lights you up or have you noticed the issues that come up with your health or anything when you're not doing things that lights you up? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, there's things that I've volunteered to help out with that, you know, I've, I, basically I'm a recovering people pleaser. So, you know, having that undefined solar plexus and so not emotionally defined like everyone else. And so, you know, there are times where I've just said yes, because I feel bad saying no and have found myself definitely in situations where, you know, I've responded completely incorrectly because my gut was like, no, don't do this. Like you don't really want to, you can't say no because you feel really bad and you're trying to make everybody happy. And, you know, definitely in those situations, every time I'm asked to do something else for this group that I volunteered for, I find myself getting more and more frustrated, right? That generator telltale sign yeah. that you're, com- you're getting out of alignment, you're off course is very apparent. And yeah, I start digging my heels in and then I grit my teeth the whole way through, you know, and at some point I probably should say, I'm sorry, I'm out. (laughs) I'm I'm no longer going to be doing this and I'll get there. But yes, I've definitely had those experiences and, you know, making sure you respond correctly is really super important from the onset. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yes, the thing you also said about frustration, Bindia, have you noticed any frustration? Like as a generator, one of the things is frustration, right? There's the stop sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely have noticed that. I'm trying to think of an example. Frustration has come up for me many times, especially when, you know, things are not moving forward. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just stuck. And mm-hmm. I get stuck when there is some, something that has been off, like there is either no timing or there is no preparation from my side. And usually it's the preparation part of it. So now it's like I've become clever with that. The minute the frustration hits, I go into that frustration cycle. And then much earlier than how it used to be before for me, like before I used to write that whole frustration wave. But now it's like much earlier. I'm okay, what is going on here? What do I need to prepare? So then if I don't get anything, if I don't get a hit on anything about what to prepare, then I just start decluttering things, you know? <laughs> so if it's yeah. if it's frustration on my on the work side or if it's frustration on the learning side, then I start decluttering in that area. And what I find is that, you know, things begin to move. So it's basically just a place of something isn't working right yeah. or somewhere i'm not putting my energy where i'm actually supposed to put it or mm-hmm. somewhere i'm putting my energy where i'm not supposed to put it so that's the way i manage it now yeah i have a frustration it's like for me at least as a manifesting generator but still we get that frustration cycle too like pause maybe I do something else <laughs> i don't know like the you know it's like what's the point yeah. of staying in the frustration right you're probably not going to get anywhere. And so Nancy, what would you say about frustration? Like I've heard people say it's kind of could be a plateau, like as for generators, right? There's maybe a plateau. Yeah. And frustration is meant to be used as motivation. That isn't always Mm -hmm. easy to do. But I I think the important point here is uh, we tend to quit too soon as generators. We get frustrated and we quit. Oh, the heck with this. You know, I'm not going to do this. This is too hard. And often when we quit, we're just shy of really 
getting where we need to go. So I think for me, whenever I feel frustration, you know, having studied human design, now I try to take that frustration and apply some perseverance to it and keep pushing through it because I know that, you know, I'm probably going to learn something really good or eventually I'll get through it and things will work out. But uh, trying not to quit, give up, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like it could be either like the frustration could be either like, well, I'm doing the wrong work, or it could be a plateau, where there's some learning to be learned. So, you know, I think there's a a line there. And I don't know (laughs) how to say what the difference is. I think everybody's going to be different as far as how they figure that out. So do you feel like I often say this, you could go for many hours if you're doing work that you love, and then you just feel so like that satisfying tiredness. Like, do you guys have that? Yeah, Nancy? Yeah, it's not even, you don't even feel tired. You almost get yeah. more energy from doing it. I mean, here's yeah. an example. I was working and, and my boyfriend called me up and he goes, uh, are you going to be coming home soon? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just be wrapping up here. Why? What time is it? And he says, quarter to 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh my God, have you eaten dinner? No, I was waiting for you. And, you know, it was like, it didn't even feel like work. I was just Mm -hmm. coming along and, you know, I could work 24 seven if it's something I really enjoy doing, you know, you got to temper everything, you know, so. Right, right. I think that could lead to physical burnout if you'd have a rest. (laughs) And that was the next question. So Carissa, how do you know how to balance work and rest as a generator? Well, for what I've found, you know, just to kind of get back to like doing something you love and feeling energized from it, I literally have to stop working by like nine, nine thirty at night and give myself that time to rest and relax. Because if I don't, I do get so energized by doing what I'm doing because I do love it that much. I won't sleep otherwise. Cause then like I'm going, my head's going and I'm like, Oh, and I have to do this and I'm going to add that. And I'm going to ha- create this product and I'm going to do this with my clients. And so it just gets me going as opposed mm-hmm. to like tiring yeah. me out really. Um, yeah. So I have learned that I have to create those boundaries for myself because I can get so caught up on it. The other thing for me is, you know, oftentimes even on the weekends, like I'll kind of hold myself away to go work. And my husband literally has to like come find me. I was like, Hey, <laughs> why don't you come hang out with the family for a little while? You've been doing work for a bit. So having someone that you can trust to kind of pull you away from doing the thing that you love so much sometimes is really helpful because it is hard as a generator to really just take that break away from something that's lighting you up that much. It's just been my experience. And I think for all three of you that have the line two in your profile, that could play into that too, right? That you go off by yourself. And just work on something and kind of forget the rest of the world. And somebody yeah. has to come call you out. Absolutely. Hey. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bindia, how do you deal with it? Currently, I am in a phase where uh, it's kind of a little difficult because mm-hmm. I have a lot of responsibilities at my place. So at my home which I don't really enjoy much, but then I I have to do it. And, you know, for a generator, that can be draining at times. So I find that I have to rest a lot, like I physically get tired. But my saving grace is where this work comes in, like, you know, when I'm creating posts or when I'm, you know, creating graphics for my social media and all that stuff. When I start doing that, 
that's the time like I really get energized and I I really don't move away from the computer. So it's like I have to remind myself to take a break so that, you know, I don't tire my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 the piece that's working out for me very well. And um, the other part of the balance is when I'm resting. So I usually rest in a way that, you know, even that lights me up. So, for example, listening to some soft music or, you know, I, I love to taste different kinds of teas and I always have like a variety of teas at my place. So even when I'm resting, it's like, OK, what can I do that lights me up? So if mm-hmm. you go to see, there's actually no rest. But yeah. then, you know, there is the skillful resting where, you know, it's just flowing. So that's how it yeah. goes. Yeah, it could be active resting. Like, yes, you're just taking the brain work. Right? Yes, that's what I call it. And then it. I can sleep at night, you know, then yeah. I can just fall asleep at night. Yeah, directly. yeah, yeah. Do you, any of you use physical um, exercise to burn off extra energy? Yeah, so you do that? Not as much as I should, okay. but yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when you said about sleeping, Chris, I was thinking, yes, that very active mental, because I have that too. And then... I know one of the coaches I had probably a couple of years ago said you as a generator type, but I'm a manifesting generator, but you should like burn off that extra energy, you know? Yeah. So I think that can keep you awake, right? All the stuff you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely work out regularly oh, and yeah, I have you to. Do. And when yeah. I don't, I, it definitely impacts my quality of sleep yeah. for sure. I, so I need to be too. tired <laughs> when I go about- to bed. Yeah. And what about you, Nancy? What were you going to say about that? Yeah, I have no trouble falling asleep. So Mm. I'm pretty good at burning myself out. But um, but I find that I wake up in the middle of the night with ideas and I have to keep a notebook next to my bed because (laughs) it just pours out of me. Like when my father passed away, my mother asked me to write something about him and I struggled for a couple of days. I'm like, I just nothing's coming out. I just can't do it, mom. She said, well, that's all right. Thanks for trying. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning and this whole poem just came pouring out of me. I couldn't write it fast enough. And it was just, you know, amazing to me how active my brain was when I thought I was sleeping. So I think we have to be a little careful of that too, you know? Right. So getting the proper sleep, I know I've struggled with it as a manifesting generator with trying to find out how can I sleep better? Because my, I'm really active during the night. So I guess I'm just looking at my questions. Wow, we really got through all of them. We did. We got through all the questions. Does anybody have any follow-up comments to any of that before we go on to, I want you guys to just share what you're doing now, where people can find you, any of that. So you have any wrap-up comments or something I didn't ask about being a generator? Well, we, I was we thinking you six twos have something to say. <laughs> well, we talked about some of the... Um you know, frustrations that a generator has. And, um, you know, I I think those are key to really understand when you're a generator. And, you know, frustration, we talked about that, getting the right work, mastery is very important for generators. And, you know, really knowing that about yourself, all of us are probably lifelong learners for that reason. And, you know, I always loved school. People were like, you know, Oh, I hate mm-hmm. school. I'm like, I love it. Bring it on. I want to learn something new. So understanding all of the things that make up a generator, not only the positive characteristics, but some of the frustrations and challenges because of your energy type. I think that was pretty eye opening too. And it helped to explain a lot of things. 
And awareness, in my opinion, is one of the you know key things you can give yourself is awareness and then clarity around um, yourself. And once you get to know yourself, you know it, it's just so wonderful to really understand yourself and and be able to see it on a chart and understand that wow this is really i thought i was a medical intuitive but wow that's in my chart i really am you know so it's yeah. really validating being able to explain it even better to your husband or friends or spouse or kids mm-hmm. or whatever yeah totally it's like yeah this is how i am and this is why i'm like that and that's all good <laughs> you know yeah. we don't have to wonder anymore <laughs> so Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to give you each a chance to just say what you're doing now. Like, where can people find you? Where's the best way for them to find you? I'll start with you, Carissa. Okay. Um, the best way you can find me is definitely on Instagram. I'm uh, My Instagram handle is at Carissa Step. Okay. Um, and I have um, a link in my bio if anyone wants to connect with me. Um, again, I'm a transformational life coach. I am also an intuitive and I am a quantum alignment system practitioner. So I combine <laughs> human design with EFT tapping for my clients to help them move past any kind of energetic blocks, um, any kind of micro traumas, things like that to help them release all of that to kind of get more in alignment with, you know, who they truly are. So that's how Thank you can you. find me. Yeah. And I'll have all of this in the show notes too, as I just wanted to say that. Yeah. How about you? What are you up to? Where can everybody find you? Okay. So um, I'm on Instagram and my handle is at your wellness design. I have just recently started it like because I'm realigning my business from spiritual coaching into the wellness coaching side. And currently I have, um, you know, a PDF guide and workbook, which combines all of the knowledge that I have gained, including wellness, including the human design part of it. That is available to, you know, on the Instagram handle itself, when you go to my account and when you click on the link, that's, that's where you can even connect with me on other places as well. Awesome. Thank you. I'm not on Instagram, but okay. I am um, the best place to find me is on my website, nancyokeefecoaching.com. And I really I'm help, trying to help people peel back the layers of how they've been taught to be so they can really be themselves and uh, live a life that's in alignment, not only a life, but their business and their career and aligning their business with who they are. There's a, um, you know, we all know that in business, you have to know, like, and trust someone or you're not going to do business with them. And if you're showing up in the world, um, not in an authentic way, and your business message says one thing, but your energy says something else, that kind of, you know, shoots the trust factor in the foot. And I think that's a lot of why some business owners don't get traction. So I'm currently working on a project I'm going to be launching the beginning of the year to help people understand their human design, understand their business design, and make sure the two are aligned. And I'm pretty excited about that because I like to help people be entrepreneurial. I think there's just so much freedom in having your own business. It's it's a wonderful thing. Yes. Thank you so much, Nancy. Again, thank you everyone here. And thank you listeners for listening. Talk to you next week. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.